We're back. Here we are. I realized that I somehow got into doing this weird like horror movie version of We're Back every time. <laughs> We're back. And I was like, it hmm. should be more exciting and not this ominous intro moment. Yeah. Do you want so, do you want to try it We're again? We're back. Ooh, I could do it like that. We're back. Boom. Yep. <laughs> I, you got me there. I, <laughs> yeah. Um Man, Woo. this week, yeah, we have we have a special guest. But before we dive into it, I'll mm-hmm. pretend like I came prepared and that we already have a list of our patron supporters. All of you, wonderful people. Screen. Yes, yes, right. That's the magic of uh, editing. <laughs> Zero times gone by. It hasn't taken fifteen minutes. So <laughs> let us begin. Uh, thank you for supporting us on patreon.com forward slash look what I did. Mm -hmm. It is your dollars that keep us on the air, that pay the bills, um, that, that help us, uh, upgrade the equipment that we upgraded this year for a better sounding show. Mm -hmm. So, and frankly, sometimes just sheer motivation, (laughs) (laughs) um, but just in the sense of like, I know that you could be putting money towards anything right. um, yeah. and that people choose to support us financially to, to keep giving this back right to the community mm-hmm. um, yeah. is really is some it's fuel in the tank. Yes, right? it is. Yes, it is. So uh, I think one person wrote a review one time that like this was basically the cost of a Disney plus subscription or something. And they'd rather pay for this than that. And I was like, mm. yes, <laughs> that's a, uh... Garsh. <laughs> right? I know. It was very heartwarming. I don't think they'd seen Hamilton yet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us, yeah. Oh, it's really good. You should watch that's, it. Uh, that's what I've um, heard repeatedly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's thank our patrons mm-hmm. in no specific order. Saria, Chelsea, Shelly, Jennifer, Brian, Travis, Tyler, Jeremy, Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Catherine, Holly, Cindy and Brian. Wow. Thank you. I think that's correct. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's not even every patron that we have, but um, those are in the kind of $5 and up brackets. But thank you for supporting. You can support for as little as a dollar. There is cool extra stuff on patreon.com. We are doing a poetry contest right now. We are. We are. That was unexpected. It is, but, uh, but I think it's good. It's a great idea, and it's a wonderful thing. We've got just the people listening to do it. So I know. Mm-hmm. And even if you feel like a poem is maybe intimidating and and something that you don't feel creative enough to do, mm-hmm. we discuss in this episode how you can become more creative. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to this episode, write a review about it, and you will have learned during the episode you're writing a review about how to become creative enough to write a poem. Right. Yeah. As a review. Do it. Even if it's not poetic, leave one. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, But on this episode, we got to sit down with uh, Greg Amigel, who is a personal mentor of mine. Um, Definitely a person that sits on my personal board of directors. And so to have him on on the show and just be able to talk to him about kind of how he thinks about teaching mm-hmm. and um, inspiring people to be creative and 
to push past what they think their boundaries are. Um, this this conversation for me was truly something special, yeah. and I'm super excited to share it with everybody. And yep. and equally importantly, uh, Greggy, uh, f- some time ago, maybe eight months ago, I think, started reaching out about starting a podcast, and so he uh, he has started his own podcast. Ooh called the Dad Fit Podcast. Uh, Greggy relatively recently became a father. He's a person who's always been into fitness um, as as far as I know for his whole life. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to do a podcast kind of that merged those worlds together. And we are uh, very proud to say that he's joining us as one of the shows on the Voice Press Network. So you can go to thevoicepress.com. And you can immediately be shot over to links for his episodes. He's available on Apple iTunes, um, Spotify. So mm-hmm. I would assume most major players. Yep. Um, and it's a great episode. I just listened to, or a great show. I just listened to to his most recent episode, The Talk. And um, definitely, like, you know, thinking about being a, a minority parent in in this period of time in in this world, and and I don't face that right and so it was really uh i think a gift to be able to listen to a very honest conversation Mm -hmm. um and and allowed me to learn a lot there uh but a really really fantastic episode and and it it's a great show i've listened to he has four episodes out right now i think a new one comes out this week Mm -hmm. and um it's a it's a lot of fun and and a joy to listen to so yeah a lot like this episode will be it's yeah, it's good. Had a Once great we time. Get to yeah, it. yeah. No, we'll get to it. <laughs> It'll fly yeah. by. Um, so, yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, without further ado, Mr. Greg Amizial, enjoy. Uh, okay, so let's start with um, who you are and what you do, Greggy. Oh man. Okay. Well, my name is Greggy. That's G R E G G Y. Um, Amizio. I'm spelling it just because it's not like a normal spelling. I appreciate my mother for giving me a a, a different name. I think she thought I was going to be about four foot forever. Um, so she gave me a name <laughs> that's fit for a third grader. But it, it's distinguished me and made me different, so I'll take it. Um, I do that's a bunch awesome. of things. I'm becoming a slasher, even though I don't live in L.A. I don't know if you know the, the West Coast culture. If you live in L.A., you're a slasher, you're an actor, movie, mm-hmm. waitress, bartender, right? So me, I'm doing a couple things. One, uh, I'm a manager of learning and development. That's like my... Uh, Clark Kent job and then outside of that I um, was fitness instructor so I do a group fitness spin cycle classes shout out to my easy work crew who I'm sure is going to listen to this um, and Please. now yeah. uh, now I am a fellow podcaster I'm so excited what, what? about this next this next <laughs> portion of my career I know there's there's billions of us out there and now I'm one of yeah. those billions also so, don't leave the um, resume so, yeah. with slasher because immediately I was like Halloween yes. movies oh, like no, what are you <laughs> Of pri- of prices? Are you in retail? Yes, I am in retail, so that that might be. I used to be a slasher of prices too, but yeah, um, mostly all stuff that has to do with like learning, facilitation. Like that's what that's what it, that's what I've been uh, doing. All the stuff that allows me to just um, either have a stage or teach people or inspire. I've done everything uh-huh. from MC weddings to uh, facilitate courses. So that's that's kind of the space I keep finding myself trying to be in. So, yeah. I I know something Sweet. about you that I don't know how you're gonna feel about me. Um, 
revealing this to the general public, but weren't you also like a slash actor at one point? Like you kind of. Oh man, well I was a I was in <laughs> I was in two movies. Let's say it this way. I was That's in more two than movies. most people, Greg. Yeah, yeah. One is I wasn't acting, and one of them was a number one movie too, like a number one Ooh. in the country kind of movie. Oh. That was pretty good. Um, I was in the movie, uh, which now now I think about it, and me and my my guys, who, we tried not to talk about this because it's like when you have something happen, it's like you peak too early, so you don't want to you don't want to talk about it. Oh. Um, but when I was in college, I was on the Dem Boy Step team. Shout out to my to my guys in Phi Beta Sigma, um, uh, Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, we were uh, the Dem Boy Step team was the number one step team in the country, and be, and this is when Step had like a really big boom. This is when this, mm-hmm. the movie Stomp the Yard came out. Yeah. Um, and we uh, in real life we won the competition that the Stomp the Yard movie was made made about. So the biggest competition Ooh. in stepping ever was this stomp stomping on the yard, and we won that competition. Um, we actually won it a bunch of times, but we won it. There was like a BET special. We won it on that. And then we auditioned to be in the movie. We were in the movie. And then there was another movie um, called How She Moved that wasn't quite as big. I think they like the two movies came out too close to each other. Like they were trying to. It's like know, disaster movies in the late 90s. This. Like, <laughs> yeah, like right. it was like they just kept yeah. putting them same movies out. Like all the dance movies, when they hit on one, they're like, just put another uh-huh. dance movie out. And yep. we were in this other one, which I actually thought was kind of fun too. It's called How She Moved that filmed in Canada. Actually, um, What's that vampire show that HBO used to have? I can't remember it. Oh, now uh, Vampire True Diaries, Blood. True Blood, yeah. True Blood. The, um, mm-hmm. the the black actress, like the black girl who was like the secondary character I've never in that show. Seen this she show, was, I just happen to know the name of it. So yes, I, I can't remember her name right now, and it fails me. She's like one of the most beautiful women I ever saw in like real life, right? Um, and she's like beautiful spirit. She was super nice to us. But she was the lead in that movie, oh, that's cool. and we were in that we were in that movie. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, two movies, not not quite acting, but performing. Um, yeah, counts. so yeah, it still and counts. I'll take it. A whole oh, I have, I have an I, I have an IMDb page. So that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I got an IMDb. So once you got himself. an IMDb, you're official. Yeah, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't even know. I just had one, so that makes me official. And My name was in the credits and everything. A whole generation of me's because I literally watched the two movies you were in. I was like, this is uh, the best thing ever. I'm gonna learn how to do this. And it was also at the same time, uh, what stomped right? Like I, I just think stomp is yeah. like the best thing. Um, I'd so really amazing. gotten into yeah. uh, Sabian Glover. Bringing the noise, bringing the funk, right? And I really wanted to learn tap dance, yeah. but I just yeah. end up looking like a river dance reject. When I, like, no <laughs> well, I, I have, a, I have a. The, I'll tell you two things. Uh, I have um, uh, one frat brother who. This is a uh, um, my my fraternity. Phi Beta Sigma is all about inclusion. That's one of our like taglines to to say that inclusion versus exclusion. So I have a I have a few white frat brothers, right? Um, it's always like you know salt and pepper. It's more like pepper and a little salt. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a one or two of them sprinkled in there. And but one of the one of the greatest step teams of all times, the Unknown Sigmas. Um, not as great as the Dem Boys step team, which is the team I was on, but definitely <laughs> one of the greatest. Um, featured, featured, uh, and one of the things I think that actually made them this good is there's a, a white boy who used to step with them, and he was cold, man. He was, he was, he was no joke. My failure. I like to think didn't have to do with <laughs> anything race related. I just have zero rhythm. Like I own a drum set and I cannot, I can do like a four, four, right? Like do, 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 do uh, uh-huh. sort of Aaron's Aaron and I played in a band. So he knows I, I can't really, <laughs> but uh, as soon as I get a fill, like I'm done. Like I just can't. <laughs> like, oh, I yep. I yeah. can't, I can't, I don't know. It's out there. I don't know. I can keep time. I just but- don't have rhythm. The coolest thing about mm-hmm. stepping is like I was I could always I could always dance, right? I think that's like 
I grew up with music right. around the house and different kinds of music too, mm-hmm. which I think helps. So I could understand different pockets of movement. Um, my family's from Haiti, from the Caribbean, so we listen to music. Our music in Haiti is called compa, compa. Um, that's like the big music that we listen to. So it's a lot of dancing, mm-hmm. a lot of waist movement. So you grow up kind of being able to just be a part of those things and dancing is celebrated. Um, so I knew how to dance, but when it, when you, the, the thing about stepping that is so special, and for me, it's like um, literally, I feel like it's like a superpower. So if you ever see anybody who can step, the thing that you have to really credit is there's no manual for stepping, right? So if you think about like other forms of dance, you know, whether it's salsa, and I'm not taking anything away from those because I think they're all amazing kinds of dance, but there is no um, like these are the normal, these are like the base steps to a move. Like you talk about the waltz, there is a formation right, for the waltz. Right. So there's look, moves. Look it up. Mm-hmm. There, there's moves for that, right? Yeah. There's certain certain things. There are moves for that. Stepping isn't like that. Stepping is literally just oral tradition. That's why stepping is so special huh. because I don't learn stepping from reading a book or watching a movie. I learn stepping from person to person, skill to skill. And then it's not even that I learn like a standard step. I learn whatever step that you came up with. And then all of a sudden, once I'm a stepper and I might not be a choreographer, I was one of the main um, choreographers on my step team. So not only did I learn how to step, um, which was not easy, like I was really bad when it started. I had to like <laughs> beg my best friend to take me in his in his basement and, and like practice with me extra before practice and practice extra after. The first step show there was, I was actually in, in jeopardy of not stepping because I wasn't good, but I was like just on it, on it, on it. Like, please give me another, like practice with me, practice with me. And then I got so good that I became, I started to, you know, my, my creative brain started to come into things and I started to make steps. I started to make whole routines. Um, and, but that's all from my hands. It's all from my brain. So there's no one who could give me that, right? Like, that's just something that I like, I figured out a way to say, oh, I like this movement. I think I could make a step out of that. And I would, I would start to do that. So for me that, you know, it's, it's an extra special thing. Now I'm getting all into my stepping back. I did not want to talk about these things, but the, the, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just this it was just this really cool thing and it's more cool because it's it's all from inside it's all from oral tradition i could get really like creepy and say it's all from ancestry and something that mm. comes from like africa and things like which is i do think is true right um but but that's where a lot of it that's where a lot of it comes from there's no book there's no manual you learn it person to person oral tradition um and we keep passing it down the, the further it goes so if you see people stepping today that's oral tradition that's been passed down all the way from like you know, uh, from from ancestry. So, so pretty cool. cool. I was watching uh, a thing on Netflix last night. Uh, homegrown. It's like mm-hmm. like regional sports. Not that it's not played anywhere else, but like it. It's like the Scotland uh, Highland Games, right? Like that's really a Scottish yeah. thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, but the first episode is like in Florence, Italy. There's this super horrifying like ufc version of rugby that's only played there but it's all this oral tradition and they have it going back to like the first game played in 1530 who all the players were who all right like all just that tradition of stuff it's such a cool um neat thing to have that kind of because i was thinking like you know as a country we're relatively young and so you don't have this thing reaching really really far back and it's just neat to have Mm -hmm. that history and that and these guys play for free it's not a professional sport they're not sponsored they play one time a year because it's Mm. such a a brutal sport you have to be born in a certain area of florence and that's the team you are till you die um and they do it literally just for 
this kind of ancestral pride. I don't know a better way to say that, but yeah. right, like a like a historical mm. pride, yeah, like a war game, a hundred, and it's actually mm. based off of like Roman yeah. gladiatorial type game or whatever. But yeah, yeah it's so cool. Um, That's awesome. So <laughs> I thought about this conversation a lot because I was I'm really excited about it, and I, for a long time I've wanted to talk to you on this show, and uh, because when I th- I think you kind of segued us. Um, really well into when I think of you, I think of teacher, right? Like that's the first word I think of is just teacher. Um, and so Aaron doesn't know this. And I, I told you last night when we were talking, but like Greggy's my mentor from a past job, right? And like a person, I don't know mm-hmm. if he knew that, but a person that, you know, I, I would call sometimes if I needed advice or um, I was part of a program and he would uh, – <laughs> very wisely jump in and give me advice whether it was solicited or not (laughs) to keep me on track. Um, So somebody that I just watched on stage, like work a crowd and teach people and just invigorated by it. And uh, in, you know, this, this show that Aaron and I do is about creativity. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I think first of all, um, creativity, I think is learnable Um, Two. I think that you just made the case that 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 applying yourself over and over can then lead to the ability to be even more creative, right? Like you weren't the best stepper at the very beginning, but you went in and said, show me and learned and learned and learned and applied yourself until you were able to produce something unique and and your own. Um, And so, you know, you applied the ability to teach to yourself as a student and then turned around and you've been giving that back for years to people in kind. Right. Um, and so as I, as I was just thinking about talking to you, that's like, I feel like you drove my creativity in a workspace. Right. Um, and, and that was really kind of what I wanted to, and I know that now you're doing a podcast and I, and I want to talk about your podcast, but it's another, you are kind of guiding people, you know, right. Like in, in, um, yeah. Tell Mm -hmm. us about the podcast that you put together. Yeah, I'm gonna t- I'll tell you a couple things, because one, I got to say thanks for that. I think it's one of the biggest honors to be called a teacher or mentor like in life. Like, so I, I, I'm i done. I'm good. I don't have to do anything else. Somebody <laughs> called me that. I made. I hope right. you have a better student um, than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me but, to be the no, resume. What, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I, listen, I, I'll tell you something in that program and is and, and, and hopefully, you know, some of your classmates in that time are still friends with you or follow you at support the things that you do but i made some of the best yeah i made some of the best friends in my life in that program um both in the program and then as a facilitator in the program um and during your run you know there's certain people who you're going to get attached to or you're going to appreciate because they got something more like they got a little more fire in them and you had it from the beginning like he was ready to be like I'm just everybody's friend he's like listen i created this i created this card game and i was saying i was like oh that is just cool like, <laughs> the, the, but but yeah. the, the cool thing is the is the fearlessness that you had in you that showed up then makes people want to be like um connected to you there's a i don't know if it's a parable or something like that but i i heard it but if you start doing the work the world will open itself up to you right like because you started doing the work all of a sudden this people who like the world is just going to open itself up to help you there's going to be roadblocks too but because you started doing the work you get you get more than you thought that you were going to get from it um for me when it was stepping it was you know I was young I was 12 13 years old and it was my friends were going to be able to do it and I couldn't do it and that sucked right to be like can't do it I was embarrassed I was shy Mm -hmm. to be on the stage that way and and I'm actually a shy person like 
by nature. So it's not really my my nature to do that. But once I started getting up there and trying and trying and trying, once I was able to see that I could do it, it was good. And then it became step and repeat. So it meant if I wasn't natural, you know, what I need to do is just practice a little bit more. I need to do a little bit more work in the morning, a little bit more work at night. I can I can keep going, but I can get it right. Like so like the resilience of being able to say, like, I can get this eventually. Right. Yeah. Was uh, was what I started to build there. Um, and for me, the the real fruit of that that labor is you know, almost, almost seven years later, right? I started stepping as a freshman in high school. When I was a soft, when I was like a junior senior in college, I was on the best step team in the world. Right. And like, no, no, like it's, it's a, I say that, um, humbly and, uh, like with confidence too, I was on the best step team in the world. There wasn't a better step team than mine. And I think it's really important when you are able to achieve something like that for two reasons. One, I'm able to say I literally was able to do something that no one could deny me. One, we won the trophies to tell you that we were the best <laughs> in the world at something, right? Hmm. Whatever it is, when you win the championship that you earn from that time to be able to say that there's value in that that spreads past that trophy. I was able to do that. And you know how I did it? Hard work, practice. Like we practiced literally in my college career and, and I don't know like – my mom will listen to this and she'll say, well, that's why you, <laughs> that's where, that's where your head was in, in school. Right. <laughs> we, we went to like, I went to class on Monday, Tuesday, night, Tuesday day, Tuesday night. I went to step practice Wednesday night. I went to step practice Thursday night. I went to step practice Friday. We got a <laughs> Friday. We got on the road. We performed Friday. We performed Saturday. We'd come back home Sunday. And then Monday was class. Tuesday was class. Th Tuesday was practice and we did that every every day for two years and we practiced and stepped so much I, w I spent like every waking hour with these 10 guys and we became this thing that just gave me the proof that I can become that again right so when anything else I've approached mm -hmm. right now with this podcast called the dad fit podcast thanks for asking and talking to me about it um <laughs> I started I started looking at another way that I could try to be the best in the world at something right like it sounds almost megalomaniac to say that but it just you know I think I wanted to have an outlet, right? Um, I wanted to have an outlet to share and continue to inspire. When I started doing spin classes, it was the same thing. I, I was a spin instructor. It looks way easier than it than it is, uh, or it looks it looks way harder than I thought it was in the beginning. Like I took a first class, and I was like, "Oh, I could do this. Like I, I could do this. This is easy. I like music. I'll play some songs. I'll get on the bike. I'll start. You know, I could do that." My first class, thirty, you know, thirty forty five minutes of torture for me, right? <laughs> the first time I get in front of a room, and now people are looking at me like, "Okay, I'm expecting you to be good. You owe me this next thirty minutes." I'm <laughs> like, "Uh," and literally for the next three months. I would get up and I was teaching like a 5.45 a.m. class. I would I would get up from maybe two hours of sleep because I couldn't sleep the night before the class because it was so bad every time I got in there. It was <laughs> so many nerves. I'd be sweating before the class start. Is the music good? I don't know if the people like it. There's mm. only five people in here. I, I had one lady. This is the saddest story and the triumph story too. I had a lady after one of my classes. She got in the class and she was kind of had, you know, determined that she was going to be the uh, – like the diamond tester for my class. She gets in front and she's like, okay, well, you know, she gets in there and she says, oh, so you're the new instructor? I say, yes. And she sits down in the back and she's basically evaluating me. She's not taking the class for her fitness. She's taking the class for an evaluation at this point. And she didn't work there. She's just a woman who takes the classes. <laughs> at the end of the class, she gets in the back of the room and she starts telling the people in the class, like gathered around her, like, yeah, there's other instructors you should take. Don't let this class deter you from taking spin class. You should take this oh. instructor and that and this. 
And I was like, damn, you know, that that hurt one. And then I asked her, like, hey, talk to me. Give me the feedback. I'll, I'll take it, right? I had, to, I had to be able to have her tell me, you know, we can tell you're new. We can tell you, you know, this. And I had to eat that feedback. It sucked. Yeah. But now, uh, you know, fast forward two years later, you know, I'm doing spin classes on my own now through Zoom. I got a, a great group of people who ride with me. When I Before I left, I had built my class up in two years to, to, to the point where, you know, it was appointment appointment cycling only, like 40 bikes. It was always full on Saturday and Tuesday. And I Dang. was doing two classes back to back, always full. Um, you know, people had to set their alarm to get a to get in line for my class to take it. So I'm doing that and I'm saying, well, if I can spread this message to this group of, you know, 140 people a week I was seeing in spin classes, right? If I could spread it to that amount of people and it had to start with five people who would take my class well let me try this another medium because i want to continue to inspire i want to continue to learn i can study this way but it gives me a chance to publicly speak and then if i can share any inspiration or give something to somebody then i get to do that right um, which is why i love what you guys do with your with your podcast and talking to creators because if you listen to, to what you're doing, you listen to these interviews, they're giving you the seeds. They're telling you exactly how to do it, right? Now it's just yes. about, it's just a choice of whether you'll follow, you know, whether you follow what's given or not, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking a little bit before we got on how there's, a, you know, a billion people doing podcasts now, right? There's there's seeds to success for successful podcasts. You can follow them. It's e and not to say that it's easy, but I was like reading and I'm listening to like all these videos of what to do to start a podcast, what to do to start a podcast. You could spend a day watching videos on what to do to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But if you spend the day watching those videos, you didn't start the podcast. Like you didn't like you didn't start recording. You didn't start like putting it out there to mm -hmm. get feedback and let somebody tell you it was horrible or your sound was bad or you need a huh. pop filter or those things all of a sudden give you that. And then when you start doing the work, the world starts to open itself up to you. Like literally the next day after I, I started, I put the first podcast out, I got feedback. Somebody said, hey, I like the concept. I'm a father. I do this. I'd like to get on your podcast. Oh, now I'm now I'm getting people who want to connect with me. So the world mm. is going to start to open itself up because I'm doing the work. There will be pitfalls. I'm going to get somebody who says, yeah, podcast not that good or I didn't listen to it yet. But it's going to be challenges for me to push past and figure out. And I'll keep on working my way towards being the best podcaster I can be, if not the best podcaster in the world. Right? Yeah, so, I mean, so we're going to try to stay one step ahead of you, but sure. <laughs> Maybe this could be a three, a four, a six-legged well, race. How well, would that I don't work? Have a, I, don't have a I don't have a teammate, so you could, you guys can be the best oh, duo. Oh, there you go. Okay, the yeah, we can, we can accept that. There, there. Yeah, that was very kind of you to, to, to say that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it takes two of us to make one Greggy is what was just said. I want to point that out. Let's uh no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um no, but so okay, so I was uh sitting out on the back deck, you know, social distancing, whatever, and uh kind of playing through some music with a buddy, and the conversation turns around to uh this band of high schoolers that he thought put out the best music in the world, did two records, they were done, whatever. And and, and the conversation starts to wander in to, well, they just had so much raw talent. Like what would have happened had they continued? And, hmm. and then we start discussing, I start asking like, how did they get that talent? Right? Like you don't just wake yeah. up and know how to play guitar and, or know how to put those chords in that structure and add a melody right, and right. right. Like they were doing something. Um, and, and then 
you know, this friend and my wife kind of pushed back like, well, I don't think you can teach creativity. I think that you just have it or you don't. I disagree with that. Um, but I'm curious, Greggy, what your your take on that is. Here, here's my here's my take. Um, there's a, a, a line from a song, and my, uh, one of my best friends, he always says it. Um, but it's from a Nas song. It's no ideas original. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Like that know? line. And, from and when Nas. I when, <laughs> yeah, like that, which is which is a fact, yeah. right? Like right, no yeah. I, no ideas original. Like right. mm-hmm. listen, man. They're, they're like we're we've been around long enough to realize that everything is a remake of something else. Like even the biggest genre of music is hip hop, and hip hop is literally a remix. Like that's all hip hop is, right? Um, but it's what you get to do with your version, with your take on that thing, that all of a sudden makes makes a difference. Right. Um, I think I think you can teach people how to how to tap into their creativity. We all have. Yeah. Create is the root word. We all have the ability to create. Now, once I start creating, how much more can I create once I've got one, right? right? Like when I go back to saying when I talked about with Step, the first thing was to say, okay, can I get the movement he showed me, right? Once I can get the movement he showed me, if I keep getting those movements, I might say, oh, I could do another movement or I see something else that will allow me to do that. But I had to do the first movement first, right? I had to get in there. You know, I'm four episodes in, so I'm not like podcast genius yet, right? Um, But I've been interviewing you know, I got like 10 interviews like in the bag already. And I was that was me getting ready to produce these podcasts but because I was interviewing first. But every interview I was like, oh, there's a better way for me to ask that question. Or I didn't like the I didn't like the back and forth of that interview. I had to learn to say, oh, you know what? I, how I want how I want the podcast I do to sound is more like a conversation than an interview. Right. Like right. I'm going to ask questions. But how do I get it to sound more like we're just chat chatting right because right? i think there's something to that natural feel of just we're just having a conversation and all of a sudden it feels better it feels like somebody's getting to sit in on right like sit in They're on just overhearing two friends people's. talk right yeah, yeah that's what, and that's yeah. more fun yeah that's more fun and you know where i learned that which just goes back to the creative idea i was you know the my concept for the my thought process around the dadfic podcast uh, i think we lost our buddy i think here. we did um he'll he'll call back he'll in. come back in he'll come back in um how I got the concept or the thought process around the Deaf podcast had a lot to do for me um, with um, one fatherhood, fitness, those dad fit, those two things come together. But like some of the things I thought about, like when you become a father, everyone wants to give you all this advice. Like everyone who else is a father is like, oh, let me tell you all these things about what you're going to experience, whether it's like <laughs> yeah. your sex life, your sleep, you're this, you're that. And I was like, oh, well, you know, some of them you take, some of them you don't, but wouldn't it be a great place to kind of like, Let's get all those down on paper or on record or, or recorded, right? Um, and one of the first interviews I was doing, I went and I was like, "Well, it's about fitness. Let me go work out with somebody." And I had a buddy who was like, "I'd love to interview you." We worked out, and then as we were working out, we went to the sauna and we sat in the sauna and just started chatting. And literally for the next thirty, you know, maybe twenty minutes in the sauna, there was ten people listening to our conversation in the sauna. Like they wouldn't leave. They were taking down information that we were talking about. They were like writing down the books we mentioned. If we talked about a, a, a superfood or something that was healthy, they were getting that information. Literally just watched it. And I was like, that's what I need. If I could tap into that more often than not, I'm in a good space. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like what I was like aiming to do. And um, that only happened because I took the first step. 
because I said, let's try this thing. Let's try to work out to build our rapport. And then I'll interview you after the workout. Let's see how this comes together. Right. And because I was working at that one step, the creativity, the things that I needed to be more creative were going to come to me because I was doing step one. So I feel like we can teach people how to open it up. What they have to do is start putting in the work. That high school band started when one person picked up the drums. He started making a beat and then more came to him, but he couldn't have got as good as he ever was on the last day he had the drums in hand if if he didn't do the work on the first day. Yeah, and I think something so. you said, I mean, you start like, I think you can tap into the creativity inside of you. And I've never met a child, like a toddler, right? Um, that didn't express creativity. And so I think it's almost something yeah. that we start to shut off because somebody says, you know, I don't think that drawing was very good or they start encouraging you to um, play a sport or what? I, not that, I mean, there's creativity in that, but like you, you start to channel a direction because you get a lot of positive reinforcement in that direction. Right. But like every kid believes they Fair. can draw. Like there's not a single kid in the planet that's never taken a scribbly piece of paper to somebody and be like, look what I did. It's a cat. And you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rorschach test, but like, and that's where I guess I was trying to come from with them is like, I think it's in you. I think it's just a matter like when you get to our age, to your point, tapping back into it. Um, I think some yeah. things might come more easily to you for, I think, a variety of reasons, you know, like environmentally, right? Like if you're around music a lot, you're going to have a better sense of rhythm. If you read or your parents read a lot, yeah. you, you may, you know, enjoy language a little bit more, whatever the thing is. But yeah. um and, and I think why I got so entrenched in this conversation was because the whole show is predicated on you can if you try, right? Like, yeah. try. in fact, we've talked about doing a YouTube version of it where Aaron and I go back and try to do all the stuff we've learned how to do over two years. A, because it'd be that. a train wreck, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, it'd be exciting, though. I think it, I'd have a good be, time it'd trying. Be so, it'd be a funny yeah. train wreck in the yeah. sense that, like, no, you're not going to pull off an exact copy of this person's thing in two days of trying to do it, right? But I think at the same time showing, but you could get this far in two days, and hundred percent. that's just a year or two or three away from getting to that level. Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I think... Uh, you know, when I was taking that class that you were a facilitator of when I was part of that program, there was actually an entire section about creativity. And one of the state yeah. statements made that just stuck with me was it was a movie director. I don't remember who it was, but they're not more creative than anybody they know. They just throw more ideas out there and it's just yeah. generation. Mm -hmm. It's just volume. Right. And then yeah. out of that volume hmm. comes value. You only need to hit once. I wish we would plan these better. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um. Oh. We just need like a little black book where we keep our ish list. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's making a ish. Checking it twice. Yeah. Uh, Gonna find out if we've used it once or twice. Yeah. Do that. Um, 
You know, speaking of back catalogs, which nobody was, uh, you should definitely <laughs> oh, yeah? go to lookwhatidid.net and take a look at all of the past guests that we've had on the show. Oh yeah. Um, you know what? I think like we're in we're in that time of year where uh, we're getting ready to go back to school and kind of like that routine is setting in. Um, and a couple of my friends have gotten together and kind of made. We're trying to figure out like how are we going to keep pushing personal growth this year, whether that's like from a fitness standpoint or mentally or a skill or something. And, um, you know, one of our categories that we're kind of, we track everything in a spreadsheet is we're just calling Renaissance and Mm -hmm. just the idea of like, what's something I'm doing to kind of like um, expand my capability or my knowledge or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, um, you know, a great resource is lookwhatidid.net because you can go through there and see uh, something that might spark your interest, making jewelry, being a blacksmith, mm-hmm. baking, writing a book, yeah. uh, writing a movie, playing music. And you can listen to that episode, maybe get some inspiration, kind of hear things that inspired those people or, yeah. Yeah. or things they face trying to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes this really great resource of, I want to learn how to do something. I mean, that's what the whole show is about, right? Yep. Like. Mm-hmm. I want to expand. Um, yes. I want to know. I want to understand. And so I think that's a great starting point is you're trying to figure out, like, what is the last half of the year going to look Maybe I'm the only person that does this, but I feel like other yeah. people do it. Yeah. I kind of look at things as, like, year or six-month cycles and, like, what am I going to accomplish in that amount of time? Um, and so, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about, like, what are, have I done the things I set out to do? You know, every year you and I kind of do a uh, – and Heather – kind of a, a year recap and we talk mm-hmm. about like what our goals are for next year and if we accomplished yeah and um i still have a couple things outstanding or i'm unsure of like if i'm going to count them as done but uh like what do i want to kind of put in my my skill set by the end of the year like yeah. what, just for personal enjoyment right mm-hmm. um but yeah look what i did.net is a great source of inspiration for learning new skills and you should definitely swing by and check it out yeah it can change your life through someone else through us what that that sounds like we have too much power Aaron. i I don't think that's how that works (laughs) later you won't change your life because of us that won't happen no but it's it's through the website and the people we have on. (laughs) be inspired by the people that inspire us right that's uh... (laughs) a be inspired by our inspiration yeah do it yeah Go out there and check it. Um, Don't listen to us. <laughs> no, do whoa, listen to us. Whoa, I mean, Aaron, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Self-sabotage? Sabotage? Yeah. No, no. Um, anyway, do but it. thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, and, you know, as you're looking for that spark of creativity, and I you know, I know this year has been kind of a weird, funky year, and, and what does the last half of it look like, or, or third, I guess, um, but... I think this episode with Greggy is is like it's the right place to start. Like you, yep. there's nothing stopping you from learning or taking on something new and things that can throw you a curveball, um, or maybe not even a curveball, but a change in your life, like having a child or changing a job mm-hmm. or um, yeah. you know any number of things, doesn't have to be a derailer. Nope. You know, it can even become more of an inspiration. Mm-hmm. So use it with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's hop back over to Greggy and listen to the actual expert.
You only need to hit once. Let's do this. This is my but favorite it's... thing. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite artists is a one-hit wonder. One as a lyricist, Joe Budden, and now he's transitioned over to being a podcaster. And in the podcast space, he had like the number one hip hop podcast, right? Um, he, he was able to do that by one building an audience. If you listen to him, he'll, he he kind of drops all these little seeds and lets you know exactly what, like how he did it. He was able to realize that he was able to take an audience that started out from this one hit, right? He's like, okay, there's a bunch of people who like this song and then i kept making music we call them one hit wonders and some of those people take that in such a bad way like they're ready to run i would i would venture to ask you if you could be the writer of the thong song right and maybe yeah. not loved and respected for much else after that would you take it or would you never have written thong song like would you have been the guy who never could make it out of the garage i would take being the thong song guy right and the, mm -hmm. the reason why that's important or like joe budden songs pump it up he one, that's one of the best songs that came out in 2003 and in, in the 2000s. If you were in college parties at that time, that was like the song. Um, but that was the song that people kind of clown him for. We, I know, right? But it's funny because that's, that's, that's the song that people kind of clown him for. Why? I'm not necessarily sure. I think it's fun for them to be like, yo, you got really rich off of one song that everybody liked. Like, think, we, we got to think that through, right? Yeah. But he was able to realize, yo, that was an audience. That was an audience that said, we're with you. And then when he kept making music, there's some people who say, yeah, okay, we know you had that one hit, but you're actually pretty good at this. We're with you. He was able to take that audience on for a 12, you know, uh, damn near 15-year hip-hop career, even though it wasn't at the same level as his highest height. Mm -hmm. But he recognized that audience was riding, and if he figured out he could get that audience to listen, that he could take that audience on to other things, and that's what he did. He took that audience from one yeah. space to the next, and now in the next space, that audience was able to actually multiply out because he's doing something else. Mm. So I think it's I think it's interesting to recognize. He couldn't, like, even the creativity of saying, okay, I'm going to just try this podcast thing. He was a, a guy who was a one-hit wonder, but it's funny because if you really track him, he had a bunch of hits. There's a show right now called yeah. Love and Hip Hop that a lot of people watch. It's like one of the reality TV shows. Right. But in, like, early 2000, he used to videotape him and all his relationship stuff. So, like, if he had an argument with his girlfriend, mm. for some reason, he would just turn his phone on and record it and post it. Evidence. And people would smart watch man. that. Smart yeah. man. Well, evidence is one. <laughs> That's true. That's a smart man for that have reason. Have people right? vote. Like, was I right? Was mm. I right? Yeah, like, you saw that, right? Um, and she can't say that you did. Everybody saw. She hit me that right now. Just kidding. Um, yeah. But like, he, he led the way. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what happened. People, he kept doing it. Him and his girlfriend became famous off of it. He actually would make any girl he dated became famous because he was recording these, like, their relationship, <laughs> right? Um, and 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 a really and just like an interesting guy, he did this thing. He did this thing one time, um, or a couple times actually. He had like these almost famous mo moments, right? Where like he would say, "I want to play softball today. If you're one of my fans, I'm going to this park and we're gonna go play softball. Or not softball, Ooh. kick kickball." And I went to this mm -hmm. park, and here he is with his, like, famous girlfriend who's, like, one of the most beautiful women you've ever saw. And he's <laughs> there with his friends, and he's picking shirts, not, like, shirts and skins, but he's like, oh, yeah, you, come over here. You're on my team because you look like you probably could play. And you're over here. And this is the <laughs> famous guy. Like, you don't understand why he's doing this. Like, but he was trying things, like, all along right. the way. The creativity, the creativity uh. that we're talking about. It was one place in music where he was a writer. That's probably the thing he was most passionate about. But he didn't allow only that to be the only thing he was going to be creative at. He started seeing, like, I wonder if I did this, would they do it? Oh, if I said come play kickball with me, would they do it? Oh, if I showed them me with my girlfriend, like, 
arguing, would they watch it? Oh, if they did this, would they pay attention to that? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he was able to say, if I pull all those things together, well, what is it, right? Like, it's, it's me, it's my voice, they're attached. I can try this in different spots. He did that, he did the show. The show started one way, another way. He kept poking and prodding through a live show, one of the first live podcasts I ever went to. That that was weird the first time. Did it another time, did it a third time, selling out arenas that he couldn't sell out as a hip-hop artist. But he was able to sell them out as a podcast. It's just this interesting space to be able yeah, to be wow. in. So now, when we talk about, you know, that creativity, you only have to hit once. You only have to hit one time. Like, what you do it after you hit is your choice, but you only have to hit one time. Like, you don't, people don't hit the lotto three times. They hit the lotto one time. You get rich one time. One good idea makes you Steve Jobs. One good idea makes you, makes you uh, Google. One good idea makes you Amazon. It's not seven ideas. It's one. And when they hit... What they did when they hit, what else they were able to create was now the volume game. Amazon is trying everything. Not all of it's going to work, but they have so much money yeah, they could try yeah. it, right? Yeah. But they yeah. only hit, they only really hit one time. So that's why I say, like, you only have to hit one time. Like, you know, you could be playing drums forever. One song becomes a hit. Now you got a shot. Like, one song gets a little bit of tick. Now you got something. And that and that's important to, to, to know. If you can hold out for at least the one time, and then maybe you'll have something like that. That's how it looks. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack in what you just said. I think <laughs> oh, yeah. one, uh, that one hit wonder song seems to now be in the rearview mirror, a stepping stone to a hit podcast that isn't a one hit wonder, right? It's an ongoing, all, recurring, yeah. yep. big yeah. audience yep. thing. Yeah. Um, so just like he just happened to have a high level of success. It's something that really for a lot of us would have been a practice run, right? He was just that right, good right. that his practice run was a hit. Um, I right. think Boom. two, uh, I think one hit wonder gets a negative connotation because we see the people that allow that one time to define them as a, I once was not right. as mm-hmm. this is, a step towards because we had a conversation in a break about another person that's been a lot of things <laughs> right like and now yeah. is is a is a different uh actualization of themselves however you want to say that's yeah you yeah know, fancy but Dak Shepard I think is a good example actually right like um oh. you know m- and a fun podcast too yeah pretty su- <laughs> oh, pretty yeah. successful yes. in yeah. in movies yeah. Um, yeah. very successful marriage choices. No, I, <laughs> but oh, like, no, he's a winner. He's a winner. Yeah. No, that's a winner. That's a oh, winner yeah. choice. You got to respect um, yeah. people's decision making right I there. He fell in love at maker. Veronica Mars. I mean, had me there. That's a great TV show. <laughs> but then he does this podcast like, yeah. that arguably might have an almost bigger audience than any of the other things he's done. And the guy is right. like very, I may not agree with him on everything. Right. But he's extremely, uh, introspective and willing to share that, which I enjoy. Yeah. Right. Like uh, that Verona, which is which is funnier to me, Daniel, too, because think about this. His success that people would have thought because he's in movies was for playing somebody else. Right? Uh, totally so like his first guy. success was to be somebody completely different than who he was. But when mm-hmm. he was able to actually be himself. Right. The vulnerability that he shares on that show, how what how he like not only self-deprecating humor, but self-deprecation period. Like he tells you like his vices, he tells you stuff that's going on with him. You get a lot of that, right? But his most success came from actually being himself, which is like meta if you want to go like deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what I enjoy about podcasts. It it, it, it tends to warmly embrace authenticity, 
right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. a facade of a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, there's right. some fictional right. shows, but and maybe some people on podcasts seem really cool and warm, and if you met them in real life, they'd just be stone cold, just like terrible yeah. human beings or whatever. <laughs> but um, I mm. yeah, I think to your point, when it's a conversational thing, it's hard. It's hard to hold up a, a facade for too long, right? Like it's just not yeah. Yeah. a convenient oh, yeah. format for that, really. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't because Aaron and I talk a lot about how our experiences got us to here because I didn't podcast didn't exist when I started playing music, right? So like, yeah. you know, the band did okay. Um, we had some close brushes at record deals or whatever, right? Uh, played with some guys who went on to do other great stuff, and like that doesn't work. Uh, I've tried making movies. I've tried like you know we've tried all these things. But all, and then I discovered podcasts, and Aaron and I, we have cigar nights, um, used to before this, and we'd record those as a podcast, and it's terrible, absolutely horrifying. Um, but we knew our way around, they were good for us, yeah, but, you know, hilarious. There might, for there us, might be something you know. there. Let, let me tell you something there's these two girls that I, I this girl I met last year who's podcasting, <laughs> and here's her, here's her podcast idea, which I love actually. Her and her friend, her and her best friend, one of her best friends, they get they smoke together. And I, I'm, I feel I think it's like oh I gotta find the title for you and I feel bad because I want to give her a shout out because um because I thought she was great but her concept is get high with my friend and we talk about politics so they talk about weed <laughs> and politics and every week they smoke a different strain together and then they talk about what's going on in politics which people love politics in podcasts and they and that's like kind of what they what they do so yeah you you were on to something <laughs> yeah and maybe instead of cigars it should have been blunts and then maybe it was felt <laughs> <laughs> it's not either one of our pastime, but uh, you know, cigars no, and scotch. Uh, not, but my, yeah, my, it, my neither, my neither. Yeah. But I'm saying, but, yeah. But you know, you get oh, yeah. drunk enough on a Monday night, and like, there's All no filter sudden. anymore. You're just, and you think yeah. you're the funniest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Record that, yeah. and out of yeah. two hours, we had 15 minutes that was pretty funny, but also like, uh, yeah. not family friendly comedy. Um, yeah, and yeah. not socially acceptable <laughs> yeah. to our families. Yeah, yeah. It, have it you heard? Have you have you heard a have you heard of Drink Champs? Uh-uh. Okay. No. Which is all. So these see that we're sharing so much information, which is so good. Um, Drink Champs. Noriega, an artist, not a one-hit wonder at all, but he's like an old-school rapper who stopped, kind of stopped rapping, right? And he got in this space where what he was doing, he would get drunk with his friends, and then, like, he got rapper friends, so they would start telling their story. Actually, let me rewind this. He would just get interviewed on the radio, and they loved his interview so much. Somebody was like, yo, you got to tape that somehow. And he and he then turned that into like literally every time he went to the radio station, it was the it was the the interview that would get the most views post radio show. Right, right. Like, you know how they put everything on YouTube yeah. now. Whenever he went up, he yep. would tell the best stories, like just being part of it. And he was like, "Oh, I should if I'm going to do this, maybe I'll start a podcast." He did called Drink Champs. Mm-hmm. He gets up with some old hip hop friends. They drink, and they get drunk as they go, and they just tell old hip hop stories that people wish they heard. And guess what? It's yeah. a it's it's a hit like all of a sudden this space where he just gets to be himself every time he was getting interviewed he was being himself and it was the same thing that was happening so there's there's something mm-hmm. to there's something to that vulnerability of being yourself and and taking advantage of it now if if someone else does it it seems like they copied but again like I said no ideas original there's nothing new under the sun like literally they're like <laughs> you know the, you, it, it's yeah. all another version of something else so I mean and that's one thing I I like to tell people a lot is like. That idea has been done, but it's never been done by you. You, by you. are the unique yeah. you spice that goes right. on that thing, right? Like, right? Song, story, movie, podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Like, 
there is, you know, I was looking up the Dad Fit podcast, and there's literally a podcast called Fit Dad Podcast, right? Like, yep. Um, and so you're not the first one to the table, but you're the one and only Greggy to the table, and nobody can yep. take that away. And yep. that to me has always been the driving. We're not the first show to sit around and talk to creative people, right? You know, um, yeah. Yeah. and there's other people right. that, in fact, there's a show in Texas, Houston, that contacted us. And like I started looking at their stuff. It is the same uh-huh. thing. It is two friends who played in a band together. They talked to creative people in Houston. <laughs> you know, we called them up mm-hmm. and started talking to them. And like, super, super nice guys. But you yeah. look at that and say, okay, what are you doing that works? Um, how can I do that thing and do it better? Or how do mm-hmm. I, like, what makes us special? Um, like, why would you listen to us and them? Like, what? Because the goal would be an and, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to push you out of the space. Yeah. I just want to share your yeah. audience. Yeah. Um, no, no, push them out the space. Listen, well, here's your hands. And I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm I have just a bigger kidding. audience, but no, you, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Listen, I say, I say a couple of things. High tides raise all ships. So I look at it like this: if their concept works, yours works. I, I'll give yeah. you, uh, Daniel. So, so mm, Daniel, one, a good one. One, I get to say uh, thank you. One back to you for say, like you're like my podcast mentor. You sent me a one pager with like some. Try this, not that. And that one pager was like my Bible to get me to starting and actually putting it out. And that's one of the greatest successes of my life is to actually put out an episode of this podcast, right? I wanted to, same like you, I wanted to write a book. I started writing. The writing was pretty good. I got some good feedback. I didn't I didn't continue. There's other things that I didn't go full freight, right? right. But this one I did. So I'm proud of being able to do that. Um, when I think about how like some of this stuff comes together, in the same way, the day that I like literally I was on a, I was on momentum, right? I did three interviews. I was ready. My concept was good. I felt good. I bought a computer. I bought the pot, the roadcaster. I'm my, 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 my momentum is running. And I had a different name mm-hmm. for this. I had a different name for this podcast, right? And I'm everybody I'm telling, they're like, yo, that's gonna work. Like this is golden ticket, right? And then I get to the space where I go to register the name. And then I go to register the name. I won't say what the name is, but I find that there's somebody, there's somebody else who's has the name. If I could tell you the level of depression that came to me that day, it took all my momentum. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took all the wind out of my sails. Like literally every piece. And then I started thinking to myself, how dumb am I? Like I didn't even check. Like the first thing I should have did was see if that thing existed. I didn't. I went crazy on the idea. I was just going and I was going. I would. I didn't. And then, and literally for like a day, I think I, I just lost all my momentum. The next day I didn't want to do anything with it. And then somewhere in there mm. I turned around and was like, Yo, that was it. That was the world community some resistance. Do you have any more to give? Like that was you on the on the step team and you couldn't get on the stage. Like what are you going to what can you do? And I had to sit down with myself and say, "Well, what can I what can I do?" I stopped. I went and looked and was like, "All right. You know, and I know it's one of those stupid Instagram memes. There's if you go down the bread aisle, there's 30 bags of white bread. They're all different, but everybody's and there's room for them there's room for all of it right like that's yeah. the thing there's room for you guys and mm. those guys and the next four sets of guys who were in a band that didn't make it but are going to try this thing called podcasting here's where the special mm-hmm. sauce is you guys got seasons under your belt like that's a win right if yeah. you if you keep going you're doing exactly what it is you want the success is already there like the one person if there's one person who will listen to you consistently you won like that that's what it became for me it was like all right if i got people who will rock with me and you know i got a i got a message three episodes in i got a message last week and somebody from my town that i didn't know from my town but somebody from my town gave me some information that will just it will give me enough juice to get me to episode 10 
He said, man, mm -hmm. I'm from East Orange. I don't know if I told you that. I'm from East Orange, New Jersey. And he was like, I'm from East Orange, too. And to see somebody from East Orange who made it. Now, this is the words he used. To see somebody who, from East Orange who made it and is giving back in this way is huge. To me, I don't think I made it. Like, <laughs> like you know, in my mind, I didn't think I don't think I made it. Right? I haven't seen these download numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? But but the but the way he the way he says it, the way he said it to me was to let me know, like, yo, you're you're living your dream. Like, you you got a class that people can't wait to go to in, in your spin classes. You're trying mm -hmm. to take this and do something else. You're doing it. You put this pot. You put this. You put yourself out there. Like that's the win. Right yeah. in those ways, when we talk about creativity and creating something, the people who were willing to put themselves out there to be weighed, they need all of the credit in the world because that's a hard thing to do. Step one. Step two is, yeah. once you get the feedback, if somebody tells you it's trash, what do you do next? Like that that becomes the that becomes the next part of it. Are you willing to try it again? Are you willing yeah. to take the take that hit? It's gonna hurt, yeah. right? Like you know, it's gonna hurt. And I, and every time people tell me I did a good job, what I ask them. You know, in the podcast, what I ask them for is like, hey, I'm taking all feedback. So if there's anything you want to tell me, volume, sound, uh, interview was too long, try this, not that. And when they give me feedback, I don't like it sucks. But I want to be really good yeah. at this. Right. I yeah. want to be good at this. And I need to be good at this. I have to be willing to be bad. I have to be willing to mess it up. I have to mm -hmm. be willing to be embarrassed by saying something or doing something or taking a shot. Um, my most recent episode, I tried a bunch of different stuff and. I hope it, I hope when it, and I just, I just posted it and I'm getting some good feedback, but I'm hoping it makes it through. Like I was like, all right, let's see how people take this. Um, but it's important for me to get those, those little pieces of feedback. And when I get it, it gives me gas to keep going. And when I mm -hmm. don't get the right feedback for me, then that's like, okay, now, now you get to level up. Cause if you can solve this problem, all of a sudden, now you can kind of be better for, for people in the future. So that's, that's yeah. what I'm, that's how I look at it. I try to work on it too. So I kind of like, uh, board of directors is a a concept I learned at at another mm -hmm. workshop I did. You facilitated. Mm -hmm. Greggy is yep. just the person that teaches me everything <laughs> about life. Like without him, I, I oh, have no man. I have no original <laughs> ideas. Um, so yeah, <laughs> somebody did it first. It was Greggy. I'm just gonna get a shirt that says Greggy did it first. Um, oh man! But uh, <laughs> you know the board of directors and I like I kind of have people that I are my like I need. Um, I need a, I need a pat on the back. I need a word of encouragement. And then I have yeah. the other people that are like, okay, how do I make this better? Like tear this idea apart. Um, and, and let's look at it and reconstitute. And I remember early on when we were doing the show, uh, you know, we're, I don't remember how many episodes in and downloads are, are low, right? Like maybe a hundred people an episode or 75 people, whatever the number was, it was low. And, uh, and I'm talking to this guy, and I'm like, I, I don't know, like, this sucks. You know, like, it's a lot of hard work, and and nobody's listening. He's like, you do understand, in the whole world of everything yeah. there is, yeah. yeah, 50 people or 100 people, every single time you feel like you have something to say this or side, share, yep. are is willfully tuning in. There's not that many people in your own house mm -hmm. that care what you have to say. Like, nope. <laughs> no, right. like um, exactly. And it really that hit me in a way that I've carried with me the whole time. Right. Like, uh, it's a mm -hmm. blessing or I'm extremely lucky and grateful to, to, uh, to have people that are willing to give me their time out of their day. Right. And I, and I think we have to, yeah. you have yeah. to kind of constantly, um, yeah. 
I don't know where I was going with that, but it, it, you know, like I, it, I know where you're going with it. I know where you're going with it, and I, and I'll and I'll add on to it. And Aaron, if you want to say something, please. I I, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. I apologize. Um, but no, where I was, what I was looking and saying is like, listen, man. There's two things. One, a low audience is a is a blessing. If you if you if your plan is to keep going, right? Yeah. I had that lady in the back of my spin class who was looking at me and saying, "Oh, this guy doesn't have it, right? Like this isn't it. I I don't know. I'm wasting my time in here." She stayed and finished the class, but the next thing I I realize is I have six people. Okay, I made a bunch of mistakes today. Seven people. I made a bunch of mistakes today. Six people. I I made a bunch of mistakes. I couldn't handle forty people in the class yet. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. handle. Four, I can't handle a million people listening to my podcast today. I can't. I'm not ready for for a hundred people listen, hundred a million people listening, and a million opinions, and a million uh, and and half a million emails back or comments. Right. I don't know how to do that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. But what I am ready for is this hundred or two hundred that might listen to me now, right? Like to me to look back and say, "Yo, I got some like four hundred listens or something out of the three episodes I posted." That's amazing to me. Like, holy, holy yeah, crap! Like, that's better than we had no point. the first three. <laughs> Listen, there's no and and guess what? There's gonna be a fall off. People, I'm gonna have to chase people to get them to listen. Yeah, I had somebody, I had somebody, uh, you know, a family member who I talked to, and I was like, "Hey, man, have you got a chance to listen to it?" I didn't get to listen to it yet. And you want everyone in your family to listen, but Daniel told me, "Hey, your friends ain't gonna listen. You got to be ready to fight to go get an audience, (laughs) right? Like the audience is not gonna be the people you know. Yeah, right. That's important information to get. Like to be looking at and say, "Yo, all right, if they're not gonna listen, then I can't rely on it." The work has to come from me to say there's another part to this, right? Like one for me is the work. So for me, I need to get to like 10, 12 episodes before I start reaching a little bit more. Right now, what I'm doing, I think Mm -hmm. is good. I'm going to keep working and making sure I can get closer to perfecting a craft. I can understand how my mic works or what it sounds like on the other end. Are my levels right? Like, is the audio good? I think I have a good concept. I can keep going on this. So I'm going to keep going on it, right? And the world will Mm -hmm. open up and the world will open itself up to me. And all I got to do, fellas, is hit one time. That's how I keep looking at it, right? So yep. mm-hmm. I could keep putting out these episodes, but when I do hit, somebody's going to go back and say, well, let me see what he's what he's done. And if they go back and listen and there's content there, then I get a chance. If I don't have the content, if I let the one bad time stop me, all of a sudden, then nobody's going to, nobody, there's no point for them to go back and listen to me. They didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't fight. Yeah. I didn't stick with it, right? So all I got to yeah. do yeah. is just persist. And if I persist, I can get better with the low audience. That low audience is going to be the most valuable audience to me because they're going to give me the feedback to tell me good episode, bad episode. They're actually going to talk to me. When it's a million, can I get all their feedback? No, I'll only get it when I say something like mm-hmm. misogynistic or racist or something. Or come play kickball. And then, <laughs> right, right. It happens. But I'll say something. I'll say something mm-hmm. bad, and then people yeah. will be upset, and that'll be the time that they're ready to crucify. Like that's how that. That's how this stuff happens, right? Or. Yeah. I can really honor these people that want to listen to me and and say, hey, give me more feedback. Thank you for listening to me. I can handle this hundred. This hundred can turn into two. Maybe that 200 turns to three, three turns to six. I can handle it, but I can learn at every level instead of saying, yo, give me a million today. I want a million people to hear what I have to say. I don't know if it's that valuable, but I but but <laughs> to get to that point, you got to respect that it takes this feedback, this group of people who are going to allow you, you know, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of your time to talk, to like hear what you have to say and give you a shot. And for every one of them that does, I appreciate it. So, well, and you have to respect and love those early, the first five, the first 10, right. That stuck through the whole, because Mm -hmm. our first episodes are not like they are today. 
the sound quality is not the same. The interview style is different, right? And those people like took that journey. There is a person we have on Patreon that supports us that was there. I mean, we put up a Patreon and that person was like waiting for something, I guess. Like, yeah, just they couldn't wait automatically. There she is supporting. And, uh, um, still to this day, like for two straight years, unflinchingly supported the show. Yeah. And yeah, for all I know, she was the first person to download in, that person has, mm-hmm. they stuck with you through, not because it's shiny, not because you've done something, you know, like you've gotten mm-hmm. to a level, like this person was there at the first garage yeah. show, The you know, like the, they've been yeah. there to pick you up every mm-hmm. time you fall and skin your knees, you know, like, um. so I love, I am not downplaying the first 50 at all, right? Like, but there's a party nah, that wants I know that you're not, million, I know you're not, yeah. you know, like, um, yeah. Like, because you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready for a million. I'm like, we well, might not be either, but I'm re- I'm willing to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, if for what? If for what? If for what? Like, for what do I need a million people to listen? Like, I get, yeah, like, I guess yeah. I did something that did I? I don't know, right? Like, I literally, you know, I I do these I do these spin classes and I connect with these with this this set of people um, that let me be a part of their lives. They ask me for advice, um, you know, like. I, you know, I, one of the best days I ever had, like ever had, I walked into my spin class and, and I didn't know, and I always try to share things that's going on in my life with, with my people that I I connect with, but I'm having a, I'm having a child and I walk into my classroom and there's a mountain of diapers, there's balloons, there's streamers. It's in a spin class in an LA fitness studio. These people provided a whole year's worth of diapers for my son. And if you know what it's like to pay for diapers, you understand how much Mm -hmm. that is. I don't yeah. like. Do I need a million, or can, I, or, or did that mean something to me? That meant something to me, right? It's no, not. It 100%. didn't. Maybe didn't necessarily translate to millions of dollars. But let me tell you something. This year, I didn't buy diapers for my son. Yeah. Like I don't think I bought a diaper till he was eleven months. These people not wow. only did not only did they provide in that way, right? But they provided for my spirit, man. Like mm-hmm. I've had bad mm-hmm. days and been able to come to class and say, "Yo, I got a bad day. We're gonna spin this one out together." And they're and they're there for that, right? Like, you know. Father's Day is my first Father's Day. We're in COVID nineteen, and I get a phone call at at eight a.m. I I started doing spin classes uh, for free because I wanted to keep the community that I built together. That was it. Like it was like, I'm gonna do these spin classes because we we can't be in the gym together. It's not a big monetary loss to me. I, you know, this is like my hobby job. So I'm just gonna keep our spin classes together for Saturday mornings. Give us something not to think about during this scary time. And on Father's Day, I get a call at 8 in the morning, an hour before class starts. Somebody says, you have a delivery outside. I walk outside, and there's 10 people from my spin class with balloons and signs saying, happy first Father's Day, best coach in the world. <laughs> like That's awesome. You know, a million listeners, a million whatever, a million follows on Instagram might be nice, you know, to a certain extent, I guess. But what I got from these people will be more valuable to me. And, and my son got to see it. My wife got to see it. Like... You know, that's that's something, you know, I can't I won. You know what I mean? I won. I wanna keep yeah. winning. Yeah. I wanna keep winning, but I but I won already. I don't like, you know, more than anything else, I always wanna continue to try to grow into myself. I wanna see how far I, I wanna test my metal. I wanna see how far I could go. I wanna see how really how good can I get at this. But man, if somebody somebody tell me to go to do like, you know, to be a Peloton instructor, I don't know if I need that. What I got it what I got in this, I got something valuable to me out of it and and, I, and I'll cherish that. So yeah. same thing with yeah. you guys. You guys know yeah. that lady right there, yeah. when you are doing your last episode, she's gonna shed a tear. Cause she was the one like who was with you and got to see it from the start. That's a that's an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Aaron, what were you gonna say? I, I feel like that whenever you're given to, it's easier to give 
also. You know mm. what I mean? Like not mm. necessarily give back, but just when people freely give, it could be good advice. It could be constructed criticism it could be you know a kind word in a hard time or diapers or anything like that it does open your eyes to be to notice more of when other people may need too and i think yeah. that's yeah. it's a good way to recharge it also to charge other people yeah. well what i was going to say too you, is like in a, in we're, we were talking about creativity and like this is a performance creativity right like we're putting something out for consumption and yeah okay, i think if i'm honest with myself I want that to matter, right? And you and I have actually had yeah. conversations even about like uh, uh, the thing that drives me the most is I want to matter. I'm so worried I'm not going to matter, right? Like that this will have come <laughs> and gone and like nobody cared. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, so when you get that positive like, hey, I love what you do or whatever, like that's selfishly what I do it for. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's in, okay. In, in some mm-hmm. ways. And uh and that means the world. And we had, I was having a rough day one day and, um, Chelsea, she came on the show uh, eventually. And, uh, I think it was before she was on the show. Yeah. Cause I didn't know who she was, but she posted a review of this episode that we did. And then just like this really kind thing about, and I literally read that thing like 20 times because I was just one of those days where like, you want to cry, right? Like it was just a rough day. And like that just coming back at that moment, um, was, it means a lot. And I think, uh, you know, if you're doing creative, creative stuff for other people to consume, you've got to really love that thing and love doing it and love people, right? Like to keep you pushing through because there will be some yeah. negative stuff, but the return that you get back um, is to me pretty incomparable, right? Like there's very few things I do that yeah. are as rewarding as feeling like, you got somebody through a tough spot or you taught somebody something new or you made them believe or helped them yeah. believe mm-hmm. in themselves more. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not doing good at questions you, you, in this conversation or interview. Great. Yeah, no, I think well, it's working now. <laughs> this is, this is what it, it is working. Cause it's just conversation. <laughs> yeah. and right, right. Remember, like yeah. I said, when people get to sit in on one of those, it works. What I, what I'd like to yeah. say to that, Daniels, one thing I learned very early in my Clark Kent job, like my, my, my normal day to day job, why I was successful was what I was doing at work. Whether it was like I was, I worked in retail. I was a store manager. Like I ran, you know, uh, certain stores. But what I, how I won, like how I got ahead fast, was that anytime I learned something, I would teach it to somebody else. So like literally, mm-hmm. if I learned an acronym, I would say, "Hey, have you ever heard this acronym?" Nope. Let me tell it to you. When I learned how to do a read at the register, like this is like a big thing, you know, first time. When I learned how we make money. I realized there was a, pe- a whole bunch of people in the store that didn't understand how we made money. Like yeah. they didn't get it. They didn't understand what actually was happening. So when I started, the more I started to understand, I would just take somebody and say, hey, do you get how we make money here? And they would say no. And I would say, well, let me explain to you how this works. And what I started to do, and this was in a store where there's over 100 people that worked there, I became one of the more popular people in the store. You know why? Because I was teaching everybody something. They didn't, they didn't pay me to do that. But every time there was a chance to show somebody something, teach them a skill, give them some advice, leave them with something, you know, they, they'd be on my side. And what became special about that, right, it's not just that they'd be on my side. What I started to realize is that not only now did I have this person who appreciates me, but just like your third grade teacher or your fifth grade teacher or that one gym coach that made you feel good, you're beholden forever to somebody who teaches you something or people who give you something, right? Like that doesn't yeah. go away. And when I realized, oh, that's what it is. So there's no there's no 
lost to me in teaching somebody something. Same thing with this. Yeah. You guys are winning because you're giving something to somebody, right? The first time I listened to an episode, for me, I was given not only something to do with my time or my commute or something to do with my cup of coffee, but I was given a gem. Somebody, You were a conduit to allow somebody else who's in a creative space to say, hey, this is how I did this. Like, this is what I, this is, these are the things I followed. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to follow those things, I might find some success. You gave me something and you keep giving people something. And if you keep doing that, they'll come like that's what and and it already matters you already see that because you have people who listen but it already matters right like no matter the numbers if it matters to one it can matter to somebody else it, uh, all the rest of it is politics it's push it's all those other things that become into it but you, but it already matters right and and once you get the confirmation one time that's enough for you to keep continuing to do it so i'm in the same space yeah. man I'm, I'm running with you guys i'm trying to i'm trying to get people to uh Tell me what what I do has value uh, because I think it's cool. And if it doesn't, you know, I'll find somewhere else to put my creative juices. But for now, it's something I'm really interested in trying. Well, you have value to me, and you've fueled my creativity oh, <laughs> both in my both in my work life and my personal life. Um, you were gonna do that anyway, man, Aaron. Aaron, I wish you could have <laughs> seen him. I wish you could have seen him because this is probably more fun for you as his friend. But I'm telling you, he had this. What was the card game at the time? It's frenzy. It was a frenzy. bomb squad. Yeah, frenzy. And you had to like dismantle yeah. a bomb. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. But he was so like he had every piece of energy you could. He sent everybody to game like <laughs> that was endearing. Like that was dope. Like to me, I was like, all right, man, this kid got no fear. He is sitting here talking to my my mentor, who's like the director of, of learning and development. Right. She's like big wig. And he's like, listen, let's sit down. Let me show you this game. This is what you do. And this is how you put it. And the energy behind that was like, yo, this I I, I rock with him. Like, that's a great that's a great thing to see. That's yeah. the that like people. The world opened up, whatever it was, whether whether that game sold a million copies or not, like you were going to find somewhere else to put the juice like you was going to find somewhere else to put it. And guess what? Here's the funny thing, mm -hmm. man. When you hit one time, I go back to that thing, say all you got to do is hit once. If you hit one time right now, you could say, hey, guys, I'm doing this card game. You could just bring it, dust it off. I'm trying this card game now The however many people who listen to you on the weekly Half of those people might just buy it because they like you now. They they rock yeah. with you. Whatever you do, like that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you hit yeah. you hit one time, and they're like, "All right, well let me let me do that. I'll whatever you're doing, I'm into it." So that, so it's just a special it's it's a special thing to understand that those people who who are rocking with you from the beginning, they'll keep rocking with you. And those ideas that maybe you didn't think were so good in the beginning, all of, they probably were good ideas, just didn't have the right audience. And now all of a sudden, you got a new audience. Test yeah. the idea again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a well, very kind of you to say. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think you bring up a good point. Like you do have to. Uh, I, you know, the flip side of that is uh, I'm super nervous when I walk out of that. Like, what did Greg think about me? Uh, you know, what did that director think about me? Like, what impression did I make? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got corrected a couple times on uh, like being too. Well, one person referred to it as bull in a china shop, right? Like so, <laughs> um, like you've got to learn to pull back and like and walk that line. Uh, but it's doing it in spite of being afraid of the rejection. Um, that and I, you know, yeah. I hesitate to call myself courageous, but I, I think that's where the courage lies, right? Is to put yourself out there, knowing that some people are going to be dismissive, some people are going to send the negative review, some people are going to tell you this isn't mm -hmm. the right fit. Um, some people are going to take the yeah. base back out of your hands and then continue to try it again and again, because <laughs> like 
mm-hmm. somebody's going to respond positively. And as I find the people that like, and not saying that I can't improve whatever that thing is, but as you find the people that believe in you and like what you do and build that audience, whether you're running the number one hip hop podcast or, um, you know, whatever the thing is that you've slowly amassed the people that believe in you. I think mm-hmm. to your point, that's where the success starts to come together, right? Like I, not everybody, um, that I've worked with has always been a fan, right? Like, because some of those things that yeah. you might like might really turn somebody else off. But as you build that audience, um, whatever, however you're measuring success can start to come together, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, th- I think it's a couple of things you called out in there that I think are important to highlight. Right. I- I'll keep using the metaphor of the class that I, that I teach. There's a choice, right? There's five instructors. They've spent different times. You could, I spend on Tuesday, so if you want to come to my class, you can come Tuesday. But there's somebody who does Wednesday, and there's another gym across town that's the same night as me. I remember, like, the first time when people would come to my class and they'd go to somebody else's class, and I'd be like, but you're supposed to spend with me. I don't understand. Like, there's a, like it's like a, like, <laughs> I thought we were I, in I don't this. get it. Why, like, I, I'm, at the gym, I'm at the gym right now, and you're in somebody else's room spinning. I don't understand this. I thought we were seeing each other, and this is like... <laughs> But guess what? There's room. Like, so jealous, what ha- yeah. Yeah, what had to happen to me was I had to say that there's room for that. Like, there's room for you to say, I like you and you. And also, guess what? You get something different from me than you get from somebody else. You come to my class, yeah. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to play the, do this the way I do it, and you're going to go somebody else, and I have to be okay with that. That became even more valuable to me when people would come to me and say, hey, I'm interested in being a spin instructor. Can you help me? Oh, now it's now you're talking another game. Can I now? Do you want me to give you my secrets? No, I don't want to give you my secrets. I don't want any more spin instructors. Or, dang, this could be kind of dope to see. You know, three other instructors who came to my class and were so inspired they want to spin now. And I have that right. Like mm-hmm. that's another thing, Daniel. Same thing. You went from this one space of being. Uh, of taking this on and saying, hey, Greggy, me and my, you, you're thinking about podcasting. I don't know if you know, I'm doing a podcast. And me and my buddy Aaron, we're taking this thing on. We're trying it. A year later, you know what I mean? We're having a conversation. Now I have one. That you didn't hide right. anything from me when it came to that, right? You didn't, you didn't right. say, hey, I don't want another podcaster in here. I don't want somebody else trying. The difference, the right. difference between that, you can give somebody all the secrets. It's whether or not they're going to do it. Your show is a perfect example of that. There are people who are going to listen to your show and just keep drinking their coffee and then keep going to work doing the same job that they hate. But they keep listening to the show. Yeah. There's also going to mm-hmm. be someone who's going to listen to the show and say, you know what? If it was that easy for somebody else, I can do it too. I'm going to step out on faith and give it a shot. Like That's the difference, right? Like That's where a lot of it's going to come into it and. And I think you're inspiring people towards the the latter, right? There's going to be more people who are going to hopefully now, as they can see, you know, you lose your job, it's that fast, right? Like COVID came, you, you can't work here anymore. Sorry. All of a sudden, people, I think there's going to be a whole boom of people saying, I got to start doing more for myself because I saw how quick it was for a company to say that I didn't have value for them anymore. So, yeah, you know, man. We'll see. Yeah. And to yeah. land this plane, where would Step be <laughs> if it wasn't for the oral tradition? I think that like... To bring it back full circle, you've got to share yeah, the knowledge yeah. because yeah. what's powerful there is watching all those people working unison together on yeah. a stage, right? And so I'm a big believer in not holding back because you're never going to be me, right? Like, and I'm never yeah. going to be you. 
So yeah, sure. Here's everything I do and everything I think because Greggy's spin is going to be unique and beautiful and its own thing in the world. And I'm not scared by that. I'm inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah. There's room, man. That's that's the thing. There's room. Yeah. There's so much room. And you you know what made me, and like you said, landing this plane, the oral tradition, here's what made my team the greatest team on the, on the, in the world. I, I come from one neighborhood where I started stepping in high school and I, I linked up with a guy who, also in another neighborhood was stepping in high school. When we got to college, we became like best friends, right? Now we didn't know each other stepped. All of a sudden, one day by reflex, one person did a move, another person did a move, and we were like, oh snap, we both do this thing. And now (laughs) competitively, we're like, oh, let me see what you got, let me see what you got. Now because we're friends and we know we have this talent, we wanna do something with it. We met with another kid Mm -hmm. who stepped in high school and was really good at it from another area. Now all of a sudden you got three kids who's got four years of talent or four years of this skill kind of pent up. Yeah. And now they're joining the same team. And all of a sudden they're sharing again, that oral tradition just grew and grew and grew into this space where now Mm -hmm. we got 12 people who are going crazy with us and we got this thing and we won't let it go. That happens more often than not. You got two guys who were in a band and you know, they realize they have this passion to do something and put something out. They get together. They start a podcast. It becomes successful. One gives to another. That oral tradition, sharing the information becomes so important. It's what it's going to be what you do with it. So I think, you know, speaking to podcasts, stepping, whatever it is, when you give, when you provide something, there's a chance for people to take. Uh, and if they take and give, then that cycle kind of keeps going. That's what we got to be be taking advantage of doing. So hopefully... I'm inspiring somebody some way, paying it forward the same way you are. Somebody hopefully listens to me one day and asks me and says, hey, man, this is pretty cool. What are you doing? And I'll just give him Daniel's one pager. (laughs) Just this document that makes it around. Okay, so what I learned is if we add 10 more hosts, Aaron, you and I can be the best in the world at something because it takes 12. Oh, man, about Um, 12 of us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. 12 Angry Men, the podcast. (laughs) Ooh, see, look, there's an idea. That's something. I mean, it could be, yeah. So if somebody wants to do it, I'll listen because <laughs> I'm not. Go. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. try to wrangle yeah. twelve people once a week. <laughs> no, no way. Um, no. But no way. So, Greggy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Oh man, the way we like to end the show is Aaron is going to start a sentence, and you are going to just finish it with whatever comes to mind. There's only wrong answer. I mean, there's no wrong answers. Okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready? ready? I think so. I think so. Okay. Good. I wish I could. <laughs> I mean, you got to have to do it again. Sorry. Because I, cause I was going to say something, and that's not what I meant. And then it was also going to be a curse word, and that's not what this audience <laughs> is. So You know what? We're keeping all this in. So just what's the answer to yeah. that? Okay. <laughs> I wish, I wish, oh, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, get on stage before thousands of people. How about that? Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.